Hey everybody, welcome to the Adventure Audio Podcast. This episode is a little bit different. This is just Tyler and I, mostly Tyler, chatting about uh, the Tour de France that just concluded this past weekend and was, if not the craziest Tour de France and most exciting of all time, it's definitely up there and one of the most exciting sporting events that uh, either of us have ever seen. Absolutely stunning, felt that it was definitely worth chatting about. Uh, given obviously Tyler's experience in that world. And uh, that's just exactly what we do. We kind of break it down and uh, talk about some of the crazy stuff that we saw. Had a ton of fun watching the tour this year. It was super exciting. We also had a lot of fun talking about it. So this is probably because the pro cycling season is so condensed uh, due to the pandemic now in the fall. This is probably something we're going to try and keep up with a little bit more as we've got the world championships coming right up. Uh, The Vuelta is going to be starting right after the Giro starts, those actually overlap each other. And then we've got what are normally the spring classics uh, happening right away as well. So we're gonna try and make an effort to break some of that stuff down. It will not interrupt the regular programming of Adventure Audio. We're still gonna be doing mostly guest interviews, but we're gonna spend a little bit of time chatting about this stuff too, because it is awesome and exciting. So we hope that you enjoy it. And obviously Tyler's perspective is really cool as um, you know, he, he did, uh, eight tours himself and a whole bunch of other racing in Europe, obviously, and has some really, really cool perspective on it. So it's really fun to pick his brain and uh, understand what's happening inside a team uh, tactically and all of those things uh, as as a race breaks down. So we're going to try and do that with the other Grand Tours coming up and um, probably the the, the typical Spring Classics as well, Uh, especially Liège, Bestange Liège, which Tyler won in his career, which is pretty cool. I think he's still the only North American to do so. So this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Algae Foods and their product called the Impact Bar. Algae Foods is a cool little company based in Canmore, Alberta, Canada, and their Impact Bar is a 55 gram bar that is nutrient packed and it's made with algae. So it's totally plant-based. Those bars have 12 grams of protein and 22% of your daily value of iron. And they can be found at algaefoods.com, which is algifoods.com. The company is offering an impact bar taster so you can try it before you buy it if you're not convinced about the taste of algae. They're really, really delicious though. I've tried them, tried them when I'm cycling, tried them when I'm running exactly what you need nutritionally uh, and they taste awesome and again totally vegan friendly because they're all plant-based in addition to that they are offering an exclusive discount to adventure audio listeners so if you go to algaefoods.com forward slash adventure audio you'll get 10 percent off your next order and we hope that you can check them out very very tasty cool product and a cool little company too the podcast this week is also brought to you by ridge supply socks Ridge Supply are built for your ride or your run to be the bright and keep your feet focused on the adventure of the day. They're made in North Carolina. They ship free anywhere in the United States. Ridge Supply socks are the perfect way to accent your kit and provide the right amount of high visibility to your feet in motion, risen from the roadside to shake off the dust and give you watts for the soul. Visit ridgesupply.com to order your next pair of Skyline socks. Ridge Supply has a really cool origin story, so we really hope that you can check out their website and learn uh, learn the genesis of that company, and uh, we're very happy to be associated with them. Lastly, the podcast is brought to you by Forgood Apparel. Forgood is a brand new apparel company, 
It's, they were founded just outside of Vail, Colorado, with the mission to become a net positive company, which we love the concept of. On a basic level, net positive means that you're putting more into the system than you're taking out. Before Good aims to achieve this goal by neutralizing their carbon and waste footprint while also donating a portion of every sale to different organizations working to diversify the outdoors. Be sure to check out their full lineup of stylish and technical apparel at forgoodapparel.com. That's spelling it out, F-O-R, good apparel, and use the code ADVENTUREAUDIO for 15% off your next order. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Looking forward to bringing you more uh, pro cycling breakdown and analysis, also guest interviews. We're going to keep doing all of that stuff. Lastly, we'd like to just say thank you to everybody who's been listening and for your efforts in helping us grow the podcast. We can see that happening. We can see it happening on social media. We can see it happening in our listener numbers. And uh, we know it's from people helping us do exactly that. So anytime you have an opportunity to help spread the word about the show by word of mouth or in social media by sharing or liking a post or whatever, thank you again for doing so. We also love to hear from you. So if you can PM us, DM us on whatever platform you follow us, um, you can also do so through most apps. Uh, and you can also email us at adventureaudiopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoy Tyler's opinions on the 2020 Tour de France. So, hey, let's, uh, let's talk about the Tour de France. That was, that was crazy. Um, I, don't, I don't follow the Tour quite as closely as I used to. Uh, but as, it, as this one was heating up, I started to pay attention to it because it seemed so wide open which was fun because there was like, you know, in like the sky years, it's a credit to them, but it made the race a little boring as a, as a fan, because as soon yeah. as they had like a 10 second lead, it was over. Right. Yeah. So this one, un- unless there was some remarkable crash or something like that, that was basically what that race became about is could Froome stay upright. And if he did, it was, it was done. So this one seemed super exciting. And, uh, you know, this, this podcast isn't about pro bike racing necessarily, but, um, Hey, one of the hosts of this show has throw out some numbers here. Eight tours, right? Eight tours. Yeah. Eight tours. How many Giro's and Vueltas? One Giro, two Vueltas. Okay. So yeah. a ton of grand tour stage racing mostly, experience. Yeah, mostly the tours. Yeah. Set fourth overall in the tour, plus a bunch of other really good finishes. Second in the Giro, like a lot of experience. I know a lot of people who listen to this pod would love to hear some of your thoughts on this one. So I mean, we got to lean into it and uh, yeah, and uh, and hear your thoughts on it. And, and I also and we'll get to a couple of listener questions too because I threw it out on social media and then we got some questions. So oh cool. First, first of overall impressions of the tour. Did you expect it to be this wide open? Um, I mean, it was so exciting. I mean, really from the start, you know, day one was when they were like crashing all over those slippery roads outside of Nice, France. Um, and then right up to the last day, you know, it was exciting. It was, um, yeah, you really didn't know what exactly was going to happen. You know, for a, for a while there, it looked like Jumbo had a good, or I guess good enough grip on it. But um, yeah, we were um, all surprised you know on the second to last day or really the last main stage to to do anything on the gc and that was just uh yeah i mean myself included everyone thought that that it was kind of wrapped up and um but you know yeah 57 seconds with a long time trial like that at the end of the tour anything can happen 
And uh, totally. Yeah, that morning. Well, and in context. Oh, yeah, that morning, I was just like, wait, you know, this could happen. This young kid, Pogacar, he could pull it out, you know. Always, you know, he has to have a good day. And uh, Roderick, Rod, Roderick just has Roglic, to have a, yeah. Yeah, just has, has to have like a so-so day. And that's kind of what happened. I wouldn't yeah. even say it and was a bad it, day, you know. He still finished fifth right. on the, you know. Normally, a fifth place with a yellow jersey on will get you the victory, but that usually gets it done. And when you yeah. put it into cons, because it was a thirty-six and a half kilometer stage, I think, which is, which is short even for a time trial, right? But that 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 climb at the end was really what changed it. And then yeah. so then there's there's a whole bunch of opinions about the bike changing because some guys did and some guys didn't. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it was probably smart to do the bike change. You know, it was a, you would have changed bikes. I think it was a six k climb. I think with an eight and a half percent average grade. You know, you can do those bike changes pretty quick. Yeah, and time trial bikes just aren't. They don't climb that great, really. You know, if if the climb was maybe three k long, I would have said ride it. But I think they did the smart thing, for sure. Because sure. how but many you know seconds what? do you think that bike change took? Like uh, ten seconds. Ten to fifteen seconds. Yeah, yeah they were quick. Yeah, very quick, very quick. But, you know, my favorite part about the whole tour was, um, I mean, the hardest part about the whole tour was seeing Roglic, I can't even say his name, Roglic, uh, lose the jersey. I think it's Roglic. Roglic. Um, You know, he lost the jersey and he was stunned for a minute there, sitting on the ground there at the top of uh, the the climb there in the time trial. And then he got up and he uh, walked over and uh, Bogachar was in an interview and, he went over and gave him a big hug, and I thought that was just, uh, you know, that sportsmanship was just pretty amazing, you know, at the highest, highest, one of the highest stages in the world, you know, and to lose like that was just brutal. I felt, that I, mean, was I still that feel big, uh, bad for him, but I thought what he did, and that was just, you know, hats off to him. I'm already rooting for him for next year, for sure. Me too. What an amazing sportsman, hey? Like, there's a yeah. small handful. We all like to think we would respond like that, but... I think a very small handful of us actually would. And they're countrymen, right? They're both Slovenian, aren't they? Yep. yep yeah. Yep. Crazy stage. And, and 21. So who else has won the tour at that age? I mean, now he got three jerseys too, right? He got the polka dot jersey. He got the white jersey for best young rider. He got the yellow jersey. I think that's the first time since Eddie Burks did it. Did you hear that too? Yeah, something like that. And I think he was, he's the second youngest all time to have, yeah. The second youngest of all time to win. I think the last guy, the guy that was younger, was uh, in 1904. So, long, long time ago. You know, over 100 years ago. So yeah, in just, such just, a different generation. Yeah. The tour was flat then. Like it was, you know, there was no derailers. Like it was a totally different sport, sure, right? Sure, sure. So but yeah, you know, hats off what, to this to this kid, young kid, and you know what an amazing feat. You know, one of probably one of the most clutch performances in the history of sport. Really, totally. Yeah, right. it, this goes yeah. way beyond the tour. Like it's just unbelievable performance, and I, I don't, I don't think it's like hyperbole to say that either. I think people are going to look back on this one for a long time, and it's not like Pogachar totally came out of nowhere. I mean, he won the Tour of California in nineteen, and I think he was like second or third, I think, in the Vuelta, and he's and he's been a stage winner at Grand Tours, so um, he he has some chops. But man, what a what a future he has, hey. Oh yeah, big future, bright future for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I like the yeah. way he races too. He's smart. Yeah, he's really smart, clever, and 
yeah, isn't afraid to go on the attack. Totally. Yeah. And, yeah. and he can do it all right. I mean, he can yeah. climb, uh, he can time trial and, uh, he seems confident in the bunch. And if you have those three skills, like you're, you know, the sky's the limit. So, yeah. okay. Let me, let me read you out a couple of, I'm just going to flip out of this picture here for a second yeah. so I can read you some questions here. But I mean, so, overall, it was a great tour. It was an awesome tour. You know, the green Jersey fight was pretty, uh, entertaining to watch. And, um, you know, you thought it was going to go one way and then it, uh, you know, Sam Bennett took control and that was pretty exciting. Um, actually, you know what, let's talk about that for just a second too. Do uh, you yeah. think that, uh, do you think that, that there was something wrong with Peter Sagan or do you think that it was just, everybody was piling on against him for tactics? Um, you know, if I had to guess, I don't think Peter Sagan was at his like top, top form of his life, you know, but he still was riding at an incredible level. You know, he's third on the final day there in Paris. So, yeah, but, you know, maybe yeah. just missing a maybe missing a half or a quarter percent. And, uh, you know, Sam Bennett was just a little bit faster this year. So, but I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Peter Sagan came back and won it next year. Just just because. Yeah. Came. And yeah. he's um, it's I also think it's going to be really interesting to see who's lining up at the Giro. I don't know if those teams have all been totally finalized yet, but it's such a short turnaround. Yeah, this year yeah. that uh, it'll be interesting to see, but maybe some guys who didn't have the results they wanted or were looking for at the tour might be jumping into the vault after all. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if I heard this correctly, but I was listening to something and they said the tour, the Giro and the Vuelta overlap this year, which is maybe. Yeah. I, I think I that's know. true. Which is wild. Uh, you know, yeah. I gotta look that up too. The world championships are just the, the next weekend, this next weekend, which is crazy. Totally crazy. And yeah, they're in yeah. Italy, the world championships, I think. Yeah. 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 But, you know, hats off to the organizers, to everyone for pulling it off. You know, that's, I mean, a few months ago, who knew if we were going to have any kind of race, even during the Tour de France this year, you know, they didn't know if they were going to finish. Totally. Just, just like the, yeah. just like all the pro sports right now, it, yeah. you just feel like yeah. it's day by day and things yeah. could explode at any moment. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean, that's... I thought like, you know, hats off to the Tour de France and to all the riders and all the people that made it happen, you know, the, the, all the team staff members, but the organized organization, you know, that just must have been huge. It's a difficult uh, race to put on under, under the circumstances and they pulled it off and you know, on top of that, it might have been one of the the most exciting, you know, finish to the tour ever. Yeah, certainly, which is certainly one of them. You know, I mean, it it, it, it rivals, you know, Greg LeMond beating Laurent Fignon, Fignon in uh, what? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah. Yeah, which was so, the yeah. arrow bars, right? Arrow bars. Yeah. 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 Smart. Okay, so I saw this question, and I've seen this debated a whole bunch everywhere and then when i threw out that we were going to chat about the tour and is anybody anybody have any questions for you uh jamie gilroy reached out on instagram and he said uh, i thought so i thought so because he said i almost texted tyler this one so jamie's question so jamie thank you for for reaching out to us if you're only down a minute and you have a powerhouse team like jumbo why not just put the hammer down and team time trial it into paris i get the tradition but it's still one day left of racing. Now, so this is something that I saw on a whole bunch of like Facebook groups and cycling chats and stuff like that. And everybody's like, why don't they race on the last day of the race? So do you know when that changed? Because I believe that the race used to be contested all the way through to Paris. 
Um, And then at some point, the tradition became that it was almost almost ceremonial, right? It's not a full ceremony. You know, people people say that, you know, they ride probably for. What, 40 to 50 K as a ceremony, then they arrive on the circuits there in Paris and they do what eight, eight laps of I don't know how long it is. Maybe let's call it seven K. And that's really hotly contested for the sprinters. Yeah, then they start going right away, pretty much. You know, they cross the finish line for the first time. They have eight laps, and then they start going, you know, full gas. And it's everybody's last shot to, you know, win a stage in the tour, or at least get on TV. You know what I mean? So, like, people are attacking. If they have any any energy left, they're, you know, going for it. Um, So, yeah, Paris, you know, is always, was you know, I did the tour eight times. It was always hard, always hard. I arrived to Paris seven times. But when did every, the tradition start that, that, the, Just, that the yellow jersey wasn't attacked oh, on the final day? Oh, um, I mean, I think it's still an open race, you know, if, once they hit the circus. But typically it's over. You know, a team can, you know, had Jumbo Visma went to the front and tried to really break it up, you know. So, uh, and the other okay, teams so, are strong enough to, to hold that, keep them in check for sure. You know, had so, a mountain stage up and down, no, that's different. Right, so. right. So, and how many Giro teams, sorry, how many tour-winning teams were you on? Is it three or four? Three, three. That that last day into Paris, like, are you guys, like, kind of celebrating in your minds, or are you just, like, shit scared of having a crash or something? Yeah, you're celebrating a little before, you know? Uh, I mean, maybe you had, like, a cold beer the night before, maybe some ice cream, you know? But, like, um, but Paris always hurt, you know, because you got there and you're, you're, your mind is saying it's over, but if there's still, you know, 50, 60, 70 kilometers of hard racing left, you know, on, on bumpy cobblestones in the right in there in Paris. And like your your mind saying it's over, but you know, it's not, it's not. And you know, your your body follows your mind, so your body starts to shut down, you know. I never felt great in, in that final stage in Paris, you know, I suffered always. But um but yeah, you know, for some people who uh maybe didn't have have a great tour it's our last chance to do something you know at least attack and show your strength on the front you know on television you know if you have a, a strong sprinter on your team you try to help him out and do yeah, a little something for your know, sponsors i don't know when the parade started you know on the final day i don't know when it but you know it was it existed when i my first tour in 1997 yeah yeah because that that seems to have some people puzzled which because it is it's a it's a unique tradition. And that, that tradition's essentially followed in the other Grand Tours too, right? Uh, more or less. Yeah, more or less. Yep. Yep. But it's still is a it, race at the end. It's, it's kind of like a half stage. You know, the, the ha- second half of the race is flat out, flat out. They just enjoy it for a little, little while. And I think, you know, deservedly so, for sure. But I don't think, you know, if, if the uh, yellow jersey went down with, or, you know, five, kilometers to go at a flat tire or something i don't think anybody's waiting around or if they get dropped you don't think five, so with five kilometers to go no no everyone's racing to win so it's on yeah it's on you got to keep your head up and chin up you know uh anything can happen but typically it's pretty much status quo you know Nothing interesting changes. but yeah interesting. Some, some years ago i think it was uh levi leipheimer and vinukarov this guy from kazakhstan he, uh, they duped it out for, I don't know, there was some bonus seconds 
heading into Paris and Finucrof took it from Lila. And I don't know if it was for third or for fourth place or something like that, but it happened. That's right. I think it was for third. I think it was for a podium spot. Third or yeah, fourth, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I remember Levi that. Got, yeah, Levi got, you know, got beat out. Yeah, yeah. Vino, right? Vino, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question. But yeah, I, I find that interesting too. And actually, while we're on the subject, what about shorter stage races, like like a week long one, like Tour of Switzerland? That's that's going to be full full gas right through the very last stage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The only race where they do that is the, the final day of a Grand Tour. The okay. the Blanco, the tour. Yep. So here's one from our friend in Ireland, Mr. Anthony Walsh, the host nice. of the Roadman podcast, nice. who who we love. Oh, he he's did a great job. Yeah, he did. He's done a great job. Totally. Yeah. Job. Hey, Anthony, if you're listening, man, I I listen to all of the Roadman uh, podcasts uh, over the over the course of the tour, and it's uh, where I got the uh, large majority of my news on it from. So thank you for that. Thanks for doing a good job there. He's doing um, a great job. Anthony says, did Jumbo get their tactics wrong? Um, I mean, it's hard to say they, you know, after they lost. So it's hard to say, no, they didn't. But, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Had uh, Pogacar been, you know, had didn't have the time trial of his life, had he had just a great time trial instead of an incredible time trial, and, you know maybe we wouldn't be talking about this, right? Or, you know, had uh, Roglic been a little bit stronger, yeah, we wouldn't be talking about this. But yeah, it's the Tour de France, anything can happen. And, you know, bad, I had so many bad days. You know, it's just that they call it in uh, in French, in jour sens, like a, a day without, where like you just, you just don't have it. It's like you're pushing, you know, you're pushing as hard as you go, you can go, and you're looking down at your legs and they're just not there. And I think, I think we saw that on uh, on Saturday. You know, I mean, he still had a great ride, fifth place in the time trial, but like it, he was just a little bit off. You know, but that could have been, you know, three weeks of stress. He was in the yellow jersey for what, ten days, eleven days, something like that. And you know, day after day of that stress, and you know, maybe he didn't sleep well the final night. You know, he's one night less than twenty four hours away from winning a Tour de France, and you know, maybe he spent the night looking at the ceiling. You know wide awake with anxiety i don't know but like you know that, i might have freaked out you know i don't know and maybe it's just one day too long too long i don't know you know and the form that you can only carry the form for so long eventually it starts going down and you know maybe maybe that that was it i don't know but it's bike racing it's bike racing is cruel it's cruel you know i've seen the way more out of the crueler side than the good side i'd say you know so it can be tough it can be tough but hats off to you know both those riders, they were, they rode an incredible race and, you know, countrymen, that was really exciting. But yeah, again, my favorite part was that hug at the end. That was pretty neat. Great sportsmanship. And, uh, you know, you saw, you know, one, one guy's life going like this and others heading like this. And, uh, but it's just a bike race and, uh, you know, yeah, but it was a beautiful tour appearance for sure. Nice to watch it. Yeah. Do, do you like that format of having a hill and a time trial to, to end the race? Um, I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. I mean, I think I would have liked it if, when I was a rider, for sure. For sure. Excited. You know, nice way to end with, with a, a time trial like that. I mean, I always liked the time trial. So. Well, that would have suit that, that particular 
course would have suited you well. Time trial into a 6K climb. Yeah. Like so, that, that would have yeah. been right up your alley, right? Yeah, when I was in good form, yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, it was a beautiful race. You know, I don't know. I mean, it kept surprising you, you know, everything from just even little things like, you know, the race leader early on getting um, what, a, pen a 20 second penalty for taking a bottle, at, you know. Yes. There's all kinds of crazy you know, just little controversies like early. That. Yeah. yeah. You know, Peter Sagan with an incredible move sprinting, you know, let's call it dangerous, but it was also, I thought it was also an incredible move there in the sprint, you know. I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to know yeah. what you thought about that, not oh, just yeah. the final I mean, stage. Yeah, you know, I, I probably agree. It was probably a little bit too dangerous, and you know, but it was an insanely, insanely awesome move. That, that you know, no, but very few people in the world could have done that move for sure. Not me, not me. And I don't know about you, but I don't know about you, Pete. You know, Hell no. You know, Hell at, no. You know, at whatever, some ungodly speed too. Yeah, you know, he was he, probably he going fifty k an hour. Yeah. Oh, faster. Oh, at least, faster. at least, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. he probably sixty-five <laughs> to seventy kilometers an hour. He's probably the most exciting bike racer, yeah. you know, to watch in the world. Like it's it's pretty wild. What do you yeah. know about the um? What do you know about the classics? Are they going to lump them all into the fall here? I think most of them they are. Yeah, you know they did Milan San Remo already. Yeah, um, which was won by this kid from. Uh, Jumbo Visma, who's just incredible this year. Walt, Walt Van Aert, and he's yeah. just insanely strong. He's a Belgian, I think. Um, I think he's Belgian or Dutch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Belgian, Belgian. Sorry, Belgian. Yep. He's a Belgian time trial champion. Yep. Incredible athlete. Uh, so he's winning in sprints. He's winning on like in the in the classic style races. You know, he won uh, Strada Bianchi. He won Milan San Remo this year so far, and then he was like. You know, third place on a mountain stage in the third week of the tour, you know, and taking big poles for the team, you know, and whittling the uh, field down to, you know, a half dozen riders, maybe eight riders, you know, pretty incredible. So he was incredible, you know, hats off to, to Walt and uh, Sep, Sep Kuss, American kid from Durango, Colorado. I think he's like 26 years old and uh, just an insane talent in the mountains. So. He uh, really surprised me, and uh, yeah, exciting to watch it. You know, American, you know, so, you know right in the front of the peloton there, and the, on the mountains, on the, all the mountain stages. So. Yeah, there's cool. a crazy what? generation of talent right now. I think, I think that this, these yeah. these bike races are going to stay really exciting for a number of years. Yeah, but it was a fun tour to watch. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch the you know the rest of this condensed season. You know. So yeah, they're they're not waiting around. They're boom. The world championships are in a few days already. You know, the tour just ended and boom. Right into it. I don't know when the Giro Volta are, but they're you know, not too far down the road. And then they're trying to cram in all the classics too. So it's gonna be a busy, yeah, I, busy couple months if you like to watch watch your follow bike racing. The Giro starts on like October third or something like that. So that's right away. Right away, and then the wow. Volta is either like right after it or just starting, just as yeah. the Giro's wrapping up. I heard somewhere it overlaps, but I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't follow it enough. But yeah. Well, I mean, you do follow it up. It's just a weird year, right? Like everything yeah, got squished, yeah, yeah. and I'm just glad that yeah. it's even happening. Um, yeah. It's it's great. So, so you would have you would have switched bikes 
because that was the other question we got a lot. Oh yeah, is, is yeah, it, yeah. you would have yeah. done it, hey? And do, do you yeah. think it should? Do you think they should allow that, or do you think you should have to pick a bike and ride it out? Uh, I think they should allow it. It's kind of fun. I mean, why not? I don't think there's a yeah. Yeah, as long as it's open to everybody, then there's a tactical choice, and that's kind of fun in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's an interesting little game. So you know, some guys yeah didn't switch. I think it was the right call, but who knows? Yeah. Each their own. Some some time trials can ride those things anywhere, you know, uphill, downhill, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. but the ro- the road bike's a better climber, like yeah. ninety nine times out of a hundred, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was really a bet on how quick you could make that change. Exactly. Which is a lot of pressure for the team to have that that change dialed in. Can you imagine if you messed up the bike change? Totally. Right, if that that yeah. mechanic's waiting there, I'm assuming that's a mechanic. Waiting yeah, what there. if they? Yeah, what if they messed up or got stuck somehow? That would just yeah. Like I'm pressure, glad it didn't pressure, get lost high, that yeah. way. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah totally. And then going into that stage, you know you're going to do that bike change. Are you practicing that bike change? Yeah, usually a few times in training at least, and then the the you know the driver and the mechanics are doing that. They're practicing themselves a bunch. You know. Yeah. Because they you can't mess that one up. You gotta. That no too, right and that's high stakes right? totally yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. that's sure crazy hearts were like bum, 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 bum. You know? yeah but yeah what a great race what a great race i mean i'm kind of sad that it's over but it's also like okay now i can you know i didn't watch every day but it's you're still you know watching at least like a little the 15 minute recap thing and reading about it and, totally yeah it was exciting yeah. lots lots happening and you know it's, it was not, obviously a nice healthy Positive distraction from uh, the rest of our worries in life, you know. Hey, man, yeah, that was great. In fact, it's it's actually got me really excited about the Giro now. So now I've got to go and start like looking at that course, yep. see where they're going, because you know it's it's normally it's actually it's lumpier, right? Like there's usually more climbing in the Giro than in the Tour. The Giro ship typically has a lot, but this year it's got three time trials. Three. So oh, it tour, does. Yeah, the Tour only had one. Yeah. Okay. So a guy so, like okay. well, Deron Thomas from uh, Ineos, Team Ineos. Yeah. He won the tour a couple of years ago. He's going to the Giro, so you know he's my favorite. And he's a spectacular time trialist too, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So now that's our next project is to is to get into that course a little bit, and maybe we should maybe we should do a quick pod and do some predictions. Yeah, I like it. I'm check go that out. I'm gonna go with Deron Thomas that's for the prediction. win. Just already, yeah, here. Overall, okay. You just, I mean, throw, just okay. I like, I'm gonna you know, do a little more research. Yeah, he's a. I like him because he's a time trialist that can climb. You know, that was kind of what I was. And uh, yeah, you yeah. get three time time trials, and so he's you know he's gonna put a lot of time into the pure climbers. So they're gonna have to uh, beat him handily in the mountains. So do you know we'll if see. the room's we'll going to, to the Giro or the Walta? I, th- I think he's going to the Walta. should be exciting. interesting very yeah. very okay yeah. i'm gonna do some research on that so if anybody listening has wants to to pick tyler's brain more about that hit us up adventure audio podcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on instagram facebook or twitter and we will uh circle back to it but um yeah we just wanted to, this was worth talking about because it was pretty yeah. wild and we'll uh, follow along in the next yeah yep we'll follow along in the world championships and then the Giro, and we'll talk about that a little bit too and we have some cool guests we're getting lined up so 
we're just gonna keep on rolling. Awesome, Pete. Thanks so much. Of course, buddy. Yeah, good chat soon. You. Okay. You too, bud. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Once again, if you're able to lend some support to the podcast by helping us spread the word about the show, whether that's a positive review on whatever podcast platform that you find the show on, and we're available on most of them from Spotify to Apple uh, to Anchor, uh, all of that stuff. We really appreciate that. Writing reviews helps uh, people find the podcast and helps us spread the word. And then, of course, social media is a very powerful tool. So if you're able to like and share posts, uh, comments, those types of things. And lastly, we'd love to hear from you. So again, DM us, PM us on whatever platform you might follow the show on and uh, reach out at twoadventureaudiopodcast at gmail.com. Whether that's a training question, question for Tyler's perspective on something that you've uh, seen in one of the pro bike races that's going on right now here in the fall, whatever, something that comes to mind or something that you heard in one of our episodes, reach out. We'd love to hear from you and uh, we will be back with more great guests very soon.